Hey, this is Pastor Rima, and you are listening to Real Talk. Before you do another thing, I want you to go ahead and take this link, share it with two friends, and while you're at it, go ahead and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Pastor Rima. Real issues for real people. Last week we discussed um, something that was very uh, important regarding uh, the sin of iniquity. And we began to highlight some areas where uh, there were characters in the Bible that began to do their own thing. We also established through the word of God that uh, Lucifer was an anointed angel. He was an anointed cherub that was given the ability to cover or guard. He was built with stones in his uh, in his uh, structure, in his body, and but when the light of God would shine, his body would be able to reflect what was cast upon him. He was not the source. He was a resource. He was to reflect and redistribute the true source. That's who we are. We are not the source, but we reflect and we redistribute the true source, which is God, that shines in our lives and we ought to emulate who he is in our own character. And so we highlighted how uh, something came in and corrupted him. And uh, he was corrupted by the, the brightness of the things that were emanating from him. Let it not be said that the things that emanate from you, the things that uh, you feel are of value, whether it is your talents, your abilities, let it not be said that those things are the things that corrupt you. And we're going to get into that tonight. We're going to begin to dive in and talk about some things within uh, the structure of a traditional and institutional church that uh, some people become corrupted by. And it is not the will of God. And it's unfortunate because no one ever starts off with the wrong intentions. But at some point in the journey, something comes in and contaminates their pure intentions and causes good people to begin to go astray and to begin to operate in the spirit in a way that God did not sanction. And that, my friends, is witchcraft. When you are engaging in spiritual activity that is not sanctioned by God, even if you say you're doing it for God, even if you call yourself a servant of God, if you operate outside of the confines and the sanctions that God has established in your life, you are aiding and abetting the kingdom of darkness, the very kingdom that you are trying to thwart and trying to pull souls out of. You're helping the kingdom of darkness by doing things outside of the direction and voice of God. I hope that's something that you can really grasp because um, it, it may seem a little bit uh, hard for some people to understand that concept of, uh, well, I'm doing something for God, and so it should be good, right? Wrong. You can't just do something for God. You got to do what God said. 
And therein lies a greater problem where there are people that don't know what God said. And uh, that, that is a detriment. That is a very bad uh, problem that we have in our generation. There is a dearth. There is a famine and a lack of the ability to recognize and hear the voice of Almighty God. We need to have a resurgence of people that are sharp and keen and sensitive to the voice of Almighty God. Praise God. Within the structure of the church, as we know it today, there are different functions, different some call them departments, some call them auxiliaries or ministries. And within those different organizational elements and structures of an institutional church, um, there are those that function in a certain task of that organization, but they don't necessarily have a pulse to the purpose and passion of the kingdom. They're functioning in a certain task, but they are not privy to the direction and the leading of the Holy Ghost. It's a dangerous place to be in. And uh, while we might sit here and talk about this and we're discussing it right now, uh, I'll go as far as to say, uh, even today, there are people that go about their week-to-week or service-to-service actions and functions having no pulse or no clue of the voice of God in their lives. That's a dangerous place to be because you're just doing something because you've always done it. That's a dangerous place to be because if God wants to do something different, you have no clue that God has just shifted the atmosphere and the direction of his body, and you're stuck in the same motions of what you think is doing church. But you have fallen into a place where you are outside of the sanctions of God because God is not in that anymore. That was just a model and method to do it for that period of time. But now God has shifted and you have been left behind because you're so stuck on what you knew and what you wanted to do. Can I tell you today, we do not operate in that way. We do not serve God based on our own comfort or what we always have done. We are not uh, married to our traditions and it is nothing, there's nothing wrong with having traditions and having things that you hold dear in certain practices of the presence of God. But when those things trump the voice of God that is currently speaking, you fall into danger of iniquity. And we don't want to be there. We don't want to be in a place of iniquity. There's a very powerful scripture that is found in 
uh, the book of uh, Revelations, and we're going to turn there. Let's try to see if we can help somebody to get away from the element of operating in witchcraft, operating outside the confines of the presence and power of God and the sanctions and the guidelines that God has established. Praise God. Give me a moment here. I want to try to update some of our equipment here so that you know we're not running slow on this thing. The Bible talks about in Revelation that uh, in one of the churches of Asia, um, that God had off with them. Okay, Revelation 2, verse 14. But I have a few things against thee. This is Jesus speaking here to the church. Because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things, sacrifice unto idols, and to commit fornication to commit fornication and eat things that are sacrificed unto idols or things that were consecrated to fallen angels. Mm -hmm. So they partook of the things that were designated to demons and they also commit fornication. And the Bible says that there was a teaching or a doctrine of Balaam who communicated these things to Balak, how to cause the children of Israel to fall. Balak wanted to uh, curse the people of God, but there was no way he could do that. There was no way Balaam could do it. Every time he would try, he would end up blessing the people of God. And he realized, I cannot curse these people. But I do know a way that I can get these people to be cursed for your sake. And this man, Balaam, was what we would call a diviner. He would be, in modern terms, like, you know, a psychic or someone that dabbled in a spiritual activity and wasn't necessarily a, a, a servant of the Lord Most High. And so this Balaam calls Balak to get some information on how to get the people of God to be cursed. Let me tell you something. There, it, it, there, being a part of the church is such a strong and powerful force in your life. I don't... 
when you become a part of the church, you begin to look at and survey your life prior to walking with God. And you begin to realize how, uh, how lonely and how vulnerable and how unstable and volatile your life, your mind, your finances, your emotion, your health was. And when you become a part of the family of God, the kingdom of God, it becomes so much more appreciative. You become so much more appreciative of where you are, where God has brought you from. And while you're in your old life, you don't see it that way. But when you experience and encounter the power of the Holy Ghost, hear me today. If you've never experienced the power of the Holy Ghost, you need to seek that. It is, I'm not, I'm not saying this because, you know, uh, I'm trying to downplay your walk with God to this point. I'm not taking away from anything you've done and endeavored to do to please the Lord. But the Bible says all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. What we try to do on our own is just filthy rags in the eyes of God. We have to do what he says. And the Bible tells us that God has laid out a plan for us to be saved from our sins and have access into everlasting life. And you must be born again. You must be born of the water of baptism in Jesus' name. You must be born of the Spirit. You have to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and it will be evidenced when you have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You will speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance or the words to say. Praise God. Let's get back to the scripture here where Balaam, who is a pretty much a witch, he's a warlock, he's a wizard. And the Bible gives us a very clear direction not to practice certain things. Clear directions not to practice uh, things that consult familiar spirits. We talked about that last week. Wizardry, charming enchantments, uh, necromancy, soothsaying, all these things. These things are not of God. And I know there are movements out there right now that are trying to infiltrate the church and begin to weave in occult practices into our churches. And, you know, yes, there may be some people that this may be a very huge surprise to you, but, uh, it, you know, it, that disheartens me because, you know, this thing, it's not, it's not done in a corner. I mean, they're not hiding it anymore. And if you don't know what's going on and how the enemy is trying to infiltrate the, the culture of the kingdom of God, you, you, you've, you've had your head in the sand. What have you been doing? You've, you've, you, you don't know what's going on in your world and what's gripping the people right now. It's not just the fact that, well, they're in sin and uh, if they don't repent, then they don't want God. No, they are spiritually bound because there are spiritual things at work. There are spiritual uh, entities and uh, forces at work to try to keep your family, your friends, your husband, your wife, your son, 
your daughter, your boss, your coworkers, your employees. He's, he's trying to keep everyone bound. You think that if everybody had a choice to live a pure life on their way to heaven, you think they wouldn't choose that? They'd choose it, but they're bound. They're bound them to sin. And there are demonic forces that keep people in certain mindsets. And you have to know that these things are functioning, but not just in the world. These things are functioning in churches. The enemy has infiltrated the church. This is what they do. This is what they, this is what they endeavor and aspire to do. People that have committed their lives to work for the devil and work for the enemy and be a part of the kingdom of darkness, they salivate at the opportunity to bring a Christian person down, to bring a man of God down, to bring a ministry that is powerful down. They look for those opportunities to infiltrate the church. You've heard me speak about this before, book of Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas were going into new territory, breaking ground, trying to create converts and, uh, you know, establish a nucleus there in uh, that new territory. And uh, they came upon a young lady. The Bible says that this young lady was a, a diviner. She had a, a spirit of divination. Uh, it, it was and that word divination there in the original text, it was uh, the, it was translated the spirit of a pythos, or it was a serpent-like spirit. You know, I mentioned something the other day uh, regarding uh, a certain type of spirit, and the word I used was kundalini, or most people that are into that stuff would know it as kundali shakti, it's a serpent spirit. It is a, a practice of New Ageism, and it stems out of Eastern religion that uh, people can get to a certain uh, level of enlightenment and they, 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 they practice spiritual practices outside of Almighty God in order to enlighten themselves and to get to certain spiritual levels. And one of those uh, spiritual attainments is this Kundalini spirit. It is a spirit of a serpent, serpent-like spirit. Who, who wants a serpent-like spirit? Who wants that spirit? Who wants to have a spirit of a snake? But they get so wrapped up into this deception that this is powerful. You're you're mastering your own life and your own being and your own uh, you know uh, your own existence, and they get wrapped into this quest of conquering self. And uh, you know the Bible never really promotes one to uh, conquer yourself. It tells you to humble yourself and submit yourself to the Almighty God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, people practice these things. And if you have been dabbling in any of this thing, these things and trying to attain these levels of spirituality, whether through yoga or through passive meditation and these things like that, I want to I want to preach to you today. I want I want to encourage you right now to uh, say, God, I, I want the truth. 
If you're, if the, your version of spirituality is, is truth and it is the righteous way, I want that. And if you want righteousness and you want truth, praise God. And you, you make those requests of God, even if you are bound in witchcraft. Can I tell you right now that there is no amount of devils that can hold you back from running to Jesus as the Bible gave us reference in Mark chapter five that a man that was bound with chains that would break out of fetters of iron and chains and cut himself and live in caves. And the Bible said he had thousands of devils living in that one body. Now, let me tell you something right now. It, the devil's resources are limited. There's a limited amount of demons in the whole world. And for thousands of them to be in one person, that that's, that's, some, that's oppression on another level. And this guy had thousands of devils on the inside of him. Okay? But when he saw Jesus... Not even thousands of devils can keep him from running to the Lord, falling at his feet and worshiping Jesus. So if you're listening to this right now, if, you're, if you've ever dabbled in witchcraft or wizardry or soothsaying or you practice uh, trying to conjure up familiar or ancestral spirits, I'm telling you right now that there is an out for you. I don't care if you've even sold your soul. That contract can be broken in the name of Jesus. That contract can be broken in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you reach for those that are hungry for you, that are hungry for truth in the name of Jesus. So we're going to get to the scripture where it's talking about uh, Balaam teaching Balak how to cause a stumbling block before the people of God. He couldn't get them to get them to be cursed because he was wanting to conquer them. Balak was wanting to conquer the Israelites and he could not find a way in how to get these people to be cursed. He said, they're so blessed by God. He even tried to get this witch, this wizard, uh, this guy who practiced occultic practices to go uh, and curse him. Every time he would try to go curse him, he could do nothing but bless them. The Lord will not let him curse them. And so uh, he said, I know a way huh, that I can get these people to be cursed. If you can get them, if you can get the men of Israel to look upon women while they are naked. What does that sound like to you? If you can get the men to lust after the women. I will have an open door to curse them. We're going to get into the thick of this right now. Because I am talking to you right now about the gateway and the portal for spiritual curses upon blessed people. This is why perversion is so rampant right now. Because they're trying to get it to infiltrate the church. And yes, you've heard over the years of people being entangled in perversion and people falling more, failing morally, whether in uh, their marriage or just uh, some, maybe some young person might have made a mistake and, you know, had babies out of wedlock and different things. And, you know, and these things happen. But the enemy is trying to be intentional to make those things happen. Why? Because blessed people cannot be cursed. 
people that are blessed by God cannot be cursed unless they open the door for the enemy to come in and curse them. The people of God could not be cursed. But Balaam taught Balak that I can teach you how to get the curses on them. You got to make them curse themselves by lusting after flesh. Lusting. If you can get those men to look at those women, we have an open door. That's pornography. So the scripture tells us in Revelation that he taught them to eat things that were sacrificed to idols and also to commit fornication. Did you know that that word fornication stems from the Greek uh, word fornos, which is the same derivative where we get pornography? Why do you think that issue is so prevalent in the church right now? Why is it that people that are highly talented, highly skilled in things that can benefit the kingdom of God are so enticed with carnality and fleshly things, even sexual immorality. Oh, don't look at me like that. I see how you're looking at me. You're like, why, why would you even go there? Because we've got to go there. This is, what, this is the enemy's device in order to get in and infiltrate the church so that he can cause curses to be cast upon people that in otherwise could not be cursed. Whom God blesses, no man can curse unless that blessed person curses themselves by entertaining something where the enemy will have an open door. I'm trying to help somebody right now. And these issues are highly prevalent but seldomly talked about. And this is why it thrives, because nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to address it. It's too taboo. But we'll let them go to public school and let the school teach them about certain things. But we won't tell them what God says about it. Come on, y'all. We've got to do better. And let me tell you something, parent. Let me tell you something, dad and mom. Stop leaving it up to the church to talk about certain things with your children. It is your responsibility to disciple your child. It is not the pastor's responsibility. It is not the youth pastor's responsibility. It is your responsibility to disciple your child. Your youth pastor and your pastor only has a small window with your children. At best, they have four to five hours a week with your children. Out of 160 something hours in the week, four to five. To communicate to your children something that they can be fed and taught by. You have them all the time or most of the time when they're not in school, of course. And even better now that many people are doing e-learning. Disciple your home. Disciple your children. And not just telling them what to do. You got to model it. 
You got to let them hear you praying. You got to let them see you praying. You got to pray over them. You got to pray for them. You got to pray for others and let them hear you. Pray for your pastor. Let your children hear you praying for your pastor. Isn't that a novel idea? Let your children hear you praying for the man of God in your life. Let your children hear you praying for the church. Let your children hear you praying for your community. Let your children hear you praying for your elected officials. Whether you like them or not, pray for them. What kind of revival would happen if our homes begin to be the center point and the pinnacle of discipleship for our children? Amen. I feel like praying right now. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, pornography, sexual immorality, all these things are trying to bombard the church, causing people to open doors for the enemy to cause ruin and cause curses to come upon the body of Christ. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we shut the door. We shut the door on the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. We shut the door on the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You know, uh, I hesitated to talk about this part as well because um, why is it that our musicians are attacked in this area so much? Our musicians and our, our singers that are so wonderfully skilled. Why is it that they get hit the most with these particular things that influence of seduction, that influence of perversion, that influence that tries to come in and sway people to something that is unnatural, something that is unbiblical, but they claim that they're doing things for God. We've got to close the door. And we've got to stop signing off on people. All right, I might be getting into the weeds right now. I might be meddling right now. But we need to stop signing off on people when we know they're not right. People that, you know, people make mistakes, y'all. People make mistakes. And, you, you know, here's another thing, and I'm not going to, if, if you are watching this and you're not part of greater life and your spiritual authority says something different, listen to them, don't listen to me. But, you know, we got to stop demonizing people who, you know, make certain mistakes and we write them off and just, that's who they are for the rest of their life. The devil is a liar. If that was true, man, we wouldn't have much people working for God right now because they all be disqualified. But thank God for his mercy and his grace and his kindness and his favor and his patience with not just the saints, but ministers as well. 
Hallelujah. So we need a little bit of that grace and mercy and favor and give people room to repent. Amen. You know, sometimes uh, we may hold certain people to a higher standard than we would hold our own selves or our own family members. Like we brush some things under the rug for our children, but let the minister's children get into something. Oh no, you you know, we gotta we gotta get that stuff out of the church, man. Yeah. If God has mercy and grace for your child, he has it for the child of the minister as well. Amen. Amen. We're going to move on from there. Praise God. Hallelujah. But God is really trying to get the church to a place where we have closed off portals. Uh, this is my last topic for this message right here. Because God wants us to recognize some things. Just like I said, that the sexual immorality is an open door. It's a gateway. It's a portal. It's an access point for the enemy to come in and do what he wants to do. Well, that's not the only access point. There are other things that are portals. And we're going to get into it right now. Praise God. So uh, I, I, I want you to go back and listen to some of those other messages regarding this series because uh, it'll give you a lot, lot better context for where I'm going right now. Because there are many practices and many things that we just kind of brush under the rug and we just think God will wink at it. Oh, well, God doesn't really care about that. But well, if it's given access to the enemy, yes, God cares about that. Amen. God cares about that. Praise God. I don't know what just happened with the uh, video, but hopefully we're, we're back live right now. But yes, God cares about that. God cares about that. If there are certain things that gives uh, access points to the enemy, God cares about that. He wants those access points to be cut off. He wants those access points to be shut down. Praise God. Hallelujah. So anything, and this is why I'm going to get into the other part of that scripture where it talks about in Revelation, not just that they um, went and committed fornication, but they were eating things that were sacrificed unto idols, or they were partaking of things that was sacred and consecrated to demonic forces, okay? They were engaging in things that were consecrated to fallen angels. Now, listen to me. The reason why I can make that claim is because most idols in the Bible were actually representatives of an actual spiritual entity. And every spiritual entity that claimed to be something to be worshipped outside of God, that's a fallen angel. That's a demonic force. That's a demon. So most uh, idols and most uh, statues and things that 
we look to and say, well, we're going to pray to this or worship that. That's actually uh, an idol and something that is represented by a demonic presence. So when you pray to that thing and you worship that uh, representation, you are worshiping that demon. Okay? You're worshiping that demonic force. There are certain things that are consecrated, that are prayed to and offered to. People offer these things in dedication to these demonic forces. And we have them in our homes. We have them on our keychains. We have them on our mantle over the fireplace. Yeah. Just because something is trending doesn't mean you need it in your life. You better do your research and make sure that thing is not consecrated to some evil force because that inanimate object serves as a portal for the enemy to access your home. It serves as a portal for the enemy to access your home. And so I don't really see anywhere in the scriptures where uh, the Bible is promoting us to cleanse ourselves with crystals and purify the atmosphere of our home and the energy that is flowing in the environments that we frequent by putting stones here or there. Do you realize you might have bought it from the store and seemed harmless, but those things have been consecrated to demonic forces. What is the purpose of a charm on your bracelet? Well, you say it's good luck. Well, as a person of God, do you believe in good luck or do you believe in provision from God? Do you believe in being lucky or do you believe in being blessed by God? having God's favor and approval on your life. Okay? So these things can be portals. Maybe it's something harmless. You might think this amulet that you're wearing around your neck, someone that you care about gave it to you and, and you, you it's sentimental to you and it has value because of, you know, something that is attached, whether through a memory or something like that. It is just as simple and as subtle as that where the enemy can use the sentiment and use your emotional attachment to that object to get into your life. Yeah, he plays dirty like that. He'll use the sacred and sentimental things that are dear to you in order to access your mind and access your emotions. Where you, you start having dreams, you don't know where you're having these dreams from, or you start getting angry. Every time you get into this, this space, you, you, you start feeling a certain way. There are portals that the enemy sets up that if he needs to have access to these people, he wants to make sure, okay, I've got it there. 
And so let me set this up in their lives. And yes, it's not just something that we entertain as far as media and 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 videos and and, and movies and TV shows. It can be inanimate objects. Inanimate objects. I remember when we first uh, got into the city of Chicago, and I'll end with this. But we first got into the city of Chicago um, to you know break ground and set up you know prayer foundations in the area that we were in. And uh, there was a certain gentleman that was uh, tied into uh, spiritual practices. I had no clue what the specific spiritual practice was, but I thought, you know, he was just trying to be spiritual, looking for something more. And uh, I believe that God put him in our path. But uh, I learned something very quickly about this gentleman when he uh, left a bag full of inanimate objects, which I thought. But when I began to survey these objects, They had occultic signs and symbols that were engraved in them. I mean, pure onyx stones, semi-precious metals and crystals that were in the shape of like a stick or a wand. And I'm like, why would this guy leave this in my vehicle? And then it dawned on me. He may not have known what he what was going on at the point, but the enemy knew what it was trying to do. The enemy was trying to get access to me because I was a spiritual force for the kingdom of God coming into territory that had been dominated by darkness. So the enemy wanted access to my family. He wanted access to me. And so he had to attach something. Hear me today. He had to attach something to me in order to have access to me. And so when I realized what was left, man, I threw that, I chucked that mug in the garbage. Chucked that mug in the garbage. And maybe I'll post some pictures in the comments of some of those things that were left in there. But when I looked up some of those symbols, I realized that these symbols were high occultic symbols. Gentleman was into witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be so careful. And not everybody that are uh, engage, that is engaged in some of these things or they have some of these objects, not everybody knows what they mean. So don't cast judgment on people. Don't be quick to cast judgment on people that are doing things and are practicing certain things or they have certain things. They just don't know. You pray for them and the Holy Ghost will give you an opportunity to minister to them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Not sure why this screen kept on going off and on, but this is a work in progress. I'm thankful for you to be on today and for you to join in Praise God. Before we go, let us pray. Because we touched a lot of sensitive topics in this uh, uh, part of this series. And I I want you to be prayed up. Because once you start closing these doors, the enemy is going to try to scrap for influence in your life. He's going to look for every crevice and crack that he can try to get through. But we are going to seal it with the power of prayer. And with the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, 
you begin to seal and let the spirit lead you to different areas of your spirit or even physical things that are around you. Amen. That can be an access point and an open door for the enemy in your life. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you seal our homes, seal the entryways of our hearts and our minds. We plead the blood of Jesus over the homes of everyone that was watching this message right now, Lord God. We cast out and we drive out every dark force and influence that will try to grip our emotions, our mind, and disturb our spirit, disturb our relationships, disturb our children, disturb those that we love. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that your spirit would lead and guide everyone to the points of access that the enemy has spent years setting up in our lives. Help us, Lord, to identify it and be bold enough to close those doors. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, let someone that is listening to this right now that has never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost begin to lift their hands and begin to cry out to you, Lord. Begin to call your name in desperation, Lord God, because they need to be delivered. They need to have their minds set free and focused on the true path that you've laid before us in your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise God. Again, thank you so much for bearing with me and thank you so much for uh, being a part of this message. We will repost this and uh, leave it up for you to uh, go back and watch or even share it with someone that you think would uh, be blessed by this message. Hey, thank you for listening and tuning in today. Help me to get the word out about this content. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Pastor Rima. And why don't you go ahead and follow and subscribe these podcasts so that you can be notified when we upload fresh content. God bless you and keep it real.